back, everyone. This is the Changelog, where our member-supported blog podcast and weekly email come what's fresh and what's new in open source. Check out the blog at thechangelog.com, our past shows at 5x5.tv slash changelog. And you're listening to episode 126. Jared and I talked to Craig Muth about Zicky, a cool new project that brings the power of shell commands to everyone. It's a pretty wild and deep conversation we have with Craig, so definitely hang on to your seats. Today's show is sponsored by DigitalOcean, CodeShip, and TopTal. We'll tell you a bit more about our friends at CodeShip and TopTal later on, but DigitalOcean is simple cloud hosting built for developers. In just 55 seconds, you can join over 150,000 developers who deploy daily to DigitalOcean's SSD cloud. Uh, enjoy the ease of use and speed of an SSD-only cloud. Create droplets, manage your DNS, build a new server from a snapshot, save a ton of time installing Rails, Docker, GitLab, and more with one-click installs. You can even scale your infrastructure with their intuitive API. Sign up today and use the code ChangelogJuly or ChangelogAugust to get a $10 hosting credit when you sign up. Head to DigitalOcean.com. To get started, and now on to the show. We're joined today by Craig Muth. He is, uh, I don't know, Craig, you, you're doing some crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> some are saying change the way Shell works. Um, you, you're here to talk about this very cool project you have started, I guess, 10 years ago, Zicky, which is super powerful for the Shell and, uh, and some pretty cool stuff. So we also have Jared Santo on the call as well, doing some. Doing some uh, some heavy lifting here, right, Jared? Yo, what's up? How's it going, guys? Yes, yeah, I'm here. Heavy lifting. Um, I don't know what that is, but uh, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> so, Craig, impressive. welcome to the show. Finally, I, you're a listener of the show, right? Yes, big fan. How many how many change log shows have you listened to? Oh man, probably about some somewhere around ten, just like, sort of like spread out uh, all over the place. You got a favorite, money chance? <laughs> um, let's see. I. Uh, I'm a big fan of Rethink DB, so that was a, a good yeah, one. That was a good show. Um, Probably didn't Ob- know we were going to have a quiz section. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Avdi's and a huge fan of pair programming, so that was that was a pretty good one for me as well. Yes, yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, have enjoyed that show as well. It was a good show. Cool. Yeah, totally. So uh, I guess let's kick off with I guess why we're on this call. You reached out to us a couple of days ago because you got a Kickstarter ending. We'll fast forward to like the now present. And kind of rewind and play back. Cool. But like right now, you're dealing with a pretty much what I can tell is a ten year old project that's uh, just now kind of getting some real limelight. You've been using it for a very long time, but now you also have a Kickstarter going on to kind of help fund it to the next level. And this isn't the first time we've had a uh, an open source project on the show that's primarily start well not primarily but started from a Kickstarter. And and so that's where you're at right now. Why don't you give the listeners kind of a an intro to who you are and kind of what Zicky is and what you're doing and maybe even why my Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm a, I'm a coder first and foremost. I've always kind of loved coding. I uh, grew up in Ohio, kind of started out like most of us just kind of hacking around and, and doing things, doing a bunch of coding that I, I really kind of got excited about. Um, went to school, got beaten down a little bit and uh, taught I had to do some structure my first consulting job, I, I really bought into the like high structure OO stuff for everything and uh, 
kind of had phases back and forth, but I've always had a kind of a rebellious streak against, uh, against high structure, high abstraction. And, um, I've kind of, uh, kind of, that was my cat in the background. (laughs) (laughs) She says, hi. Um, so I've kind of always had this, uh, rebellious streak and I've kind of, I feel like over the last, um, 10 years, I've kind of watched people kind of also gain a rebellious streak. Like, uh, for example, you used to not really be able to just have a hash that wasn't acceptable and like pass around the values of a form field. Now everyone does it. There used to be no such thing as JSON. You had to have objects and structure for everything. Now everyone will put something into JSON. Uh, wikis are becoming a big thing. And uh, I sort of, you know, had all these ideas that I kind of suppressed and squashed and just used on my own. Uh, it's actually more like 13 or 14 years from the, the beginning, but it started out pretty rough and it didn't even have have a name in the beginning. It's just a bunch of collections of uh, of elisp uh, uh stuff basically where i could expand stuff in the shell and uh, run um, expand file paths in the shell navigate files and then um, run shell commands like in a text buffer um and i just i just had a few like moments where i realized like wow you actually can do these very flexible things but have them be in a, a pretty nice structure sort of like the first time i saw a wiki it blew me away kind of thought, wow, you can actually have that, just these big text files where you uh, put freeform text in with headings and then that's, you know, just a flat namespace, uh, you know, where you've got like uh, everything dumped in. You've got a project page next to a page of contacts next to everything else. And like, well, that simple thing can like be a better solution than like a big, massive uh, file, you know, a shared directory of, of, of stuff for your, for your company, or, you know, it can be, can be better than SharePoint. So yeah, I've, I've kind of like held on to this Ziki idea for a long time and I've kind of come to believe it's kind of a pretty big missing piece in the landscape of, um, of tech. And, um, I, uh, so I was, I was working for banks and insurance companies in Ohio, eventually kind of realized I, I needed to get out um, and, I uh, moved out to Silicon Valley, uh, to San Francisco, decided I was going to work on my, my startup memorize.com, which I, I did and had interns and, and, uh, part-time employees and, uh, kind of probably should be focusing on that now, but instead decided to take a big risk and work on this, uh, crazy open source thing, full-time Zicky. Um, and, uh, the Kickstarter, uh, I think now is is the time to bring it to the world. If you look at my uh, GitHub page, you'll see a lot of uh, of issues of people saying like, "Hey, uh, had l- really liked this, but had a hard time installing it." Um, and that's sort of because I've been I've been neglecting people. Um, I've I've basically wanted to make it for myself. I use it for everything, for development and notes and everything. And um, I've kind of intentionally let it let the installer be crappy for a while. Cause I must didn't want people to use it cause I had all these features. <laughs> That's a good way to not let them use it is just keep a uh, feature suppressed. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm super proud of that, but uh, I, I wasn't really suppressing features. It was just, I wasn't improving the installer cause uh, I would spend time on it and it would just take a lot of time. Uh, but I had these, this like list of three really big things I wanted to do. And I just recently have kind of finished them up. So now I'm to the point where I'm like, all right, it's ready for the world. And uh, Kickstarter seemed like a good way to, to reach out. So you have a really solid video on the Kickstarter page, but for those listening, can you give kind of the the elevator pitch for Ziki, um, what it does and how it's different than what we currently have? 
Sure. Um, yeah, there are a lot of ways of describing Zicky. Uh, the simplest way is it's like a command line, uh, but it's a better way of running shell commands. It's not meant to replace the command line. It's meant to augment it. Um, so, for example, if you do an ls, instead of then having to do a cd to, like, you know, the fourth directory that you see on the screen, in Zicky, you can just move your cursor down to that fourth directory and then control enter to expand so you can navigate directories like um, kind of like a GUI app. Um, and then when you run shell commands, you can uh, you can type a, a prompt on any line in basically a big text area by just typing a dollar sign rather than being restricted to the, uh, you know, the single prompt at the bottom, as is the case with traditional shell consoles. And then anytime you, you run a command, you can immediately type to incrementally filter down the output. And then with many commands, you can uh, move your cursor down to the output of, like, say, git. If you uh, type git and you move your cursor down to log and control enter, it'll expand that and run the git log command for you. And if you then move it down to a commit and expand that, it'll go one level deeper and show you, you know, your commit message and all the files. And then you can drill in and, and uh, uh, interact with the output as though it was like a GUI tree. So it's very freeform, just like a wiki. Yeah, very freeform. You can edit anything. So uh, in practice, I, I suppose, um, how many users has it had? I know you have on your video a couple guys who said, I've been using it for seven years. I'm sure that's not in the current form. But in this, in the, in the one that you show in the video where it's freeform and you can click here and you can drill down on trees and stuff, mm-hmm. how many people uh, have been using that or how long have you been using that in practice and how does it feel? as opposed to what we currently do. The uh, drilling into the file trees has been there since pretty much the day one. So that my two uh, friends that have used it for, for years and years, they, they use that, the file tree. Drilling into the output of shell commands is relatively new. So there mm-hmm. aren't many people that, that use it. Um, and there are a few people here and there out on the net that have got it installed. Um, it's hard for me to estimate. It's a relatively low number because the installer is yep. kind of not great. Uh, as far as how it, how it feels... Um, I don't know, like some people, it's hard to say. Uh, I think it's an individual experience. Like some people just really, really get it. And they're like, well, I can see how this, these, you know, two or three things would be an improvement. I can filter down, I can drill in, I can copy and paste a command and run it again and still have the old outputs. And I can delete the lines in the output that I, I want. Cause like you said, edit, everything's free form. You can edit everything. And some people just say like, well, wait a minute, why wouldn't I just use my shell? Mm-hmm. To me, it feels just just sort of natural and, and like an, like obvious improvements. For you know, for some cases, not all. It's not meant like as a to replace the shell. There's some things the shell is like really great at, like asynchronous stuff. It kind of feels like not exactly like this, but it kind of feels like um like what is the like like kind of an IRB session where you can kind of jump into what's the other kind of really awesome IRB, Jared, the the one that's out recently. I don't right. use it. Proc is it? What is it called again? Pry, Pry, yeah, Pry. Yeah, that's what he mm-hmm. is. Um, yeah, I actually did a pairing session with Conrad Erwin, one of yeah. Irwin, one of the Pry guys. Uh, yeah, Pry is awesome. Yeah, it seems a little bit like. I mean, obviously that's you know Ruby, but um, this is kind of everything. It, it seems a little like what that provides, but on a grander scale for the entire shell. Yeah, it's. Um, it's they're, they're a little different. Uh, like basically in Ziki, everything is just happens from a text file. Uh, 
so you know when the when you run a command, the output is just inserted as text into your text file, and then you can save it. Uh, Pry is is kind of more along the lines of like, you know, a um, a REPL, and has some other cool integration points. But uh, yeah, when mm-hmm. I when I got together with Conrad Irwin uh, several months ago, we had some really cool ideas for kind of the two complementing each other, like making a, a Ziki interface, a Ziki command that could call the Pry features and sort of drill in and, and like CDLS into the functions and stuff. I, I want to get back to that at some point because I think that'd be really awesome. I was going to say, I think interactions are, are really, it seems like from your Kickstarter, that's one of the main focuses of your development uh, roadmap is to yeah. get it integrated into Vim, into Emacs, into Sublime Text and so on. Um, right now, is it kind of in its own world and it's not really integrated into the environment? Well, right now it supports um, Aquamax and Emacs. Okay. Those two text editors. Aquamax is is basically a very user-friendly version of Emacs where you can command C, command V. Uh, you can use the mouse to select text and you can type to replace it. You know, it it's very much like a Mac native text editor. Uh, so that's the the editor I recommend people to use. They can, you know, if they don't like Emacs, they don't have to really know it's Emacs. They can use the menus and stuff and they can use, you know, command S to save, et cetera. Uh, so it runs in that as sort of the, de- the default. And then it also runs in like base uh, uh, Emacs and terminal Emacs. And yeah, the, the, there's tentative Vim support, but it's very, very weak. There's a tentative sublime support, but it, it needs to be improved, which is what the Kickstarter is, half of what the Kickstarter is about. Um, and there's this brand new XSH where you can run it right from the, in the shell console. It's not released yet. That's I'm going to do first. And that'll let people just type XSH space, you know, get on the command line and they don't even have to worry about setting anything up. It'll just pop up and I'll have, uh, stuff right there on the screen saying, Hey, type control Q to quit and type control E to expand. So that's probably going to be the, the default, the just XSH right from the, it'd be show. pretty good for learning people too. Like, you know, just getting started, you get all those all the feedback basically from the CLI that's already present for Git, and you know, do you want to do yeah. a push or do you want to do a pull? Those kinds of things are like already accessible, and it's also keyboard navigatable, so it's not like you have to move your mouse around. But though you could, right? You can double click on things if you wanted as well. You're right. So you said XSH. Um this piece of it, does it pop its own window when you do that? Because I know it's very interactive, clickable, um, or can it take over your current terminal session or does it pop its own UI? It takes over the current terminal session. What's actually happening behind the scenes is it's launching uh, Emacs. Okay. But I'm overriding all the keyboard shortcuts, uh, oh. including including escape. I'll make escape actually cancel out so it won't confuse people. Uh, so as far as most people are concerned, they don't even have to know what it is. I'll have all the key shortcuts on the screen. They're all they're all remapped. Not all of them. You can use the the base uh, Emacs shortcuts if you know them. But yeah, it's just it's just actually running within Emacs and just customizing the heck out of it. And it's doing it in a way that's not interfering with uh, your normal Emacs config if you have it, which is a, a big you know challenge that I've, yeah. I've had. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I was wondering how you were accomplishing that. What about operating system support? Is this uh Linux and Mac at the, at the moment? Yeah, Linux and Mac. Um, there's a pull request for uh, for Windows support out there um, that might might go a, a little little bit of the way toward uh, Windows support. I'd like to do Windows support. Um, now that I've got all this publicity from the Kickstarter, I think if it passes, I'll be able to reach out to people afterward and say like, hey, people that know how to do this process communication in Windows, like 
pair with me and help me on it. But I don't, I'm not promising Windows support as part of the Kickstarter, even though a lot of people want me to just because I, I don't, you know, I've already kind of promised a lot. And, uh, but I, I do want to do it. Well, uh, Jerry, do you think it makes sense to dive down Kickstarter? Kind of go. I was, I was thinking about going into the past a bit to try to figure out where this, what was the problem you kind of tackled? Where did this come from? What's the history? It's like ten years old, so it's not like it's a year old. It's uh, it's pretty dated. Yeah. In, in terms of its age, you know, not so much, not good. And I'm interested in, I guess, a little bit of the technical implementation. I'm sure for a ten plus year project, it's probably gone through different yeah. forms. I know it seems to be written in Ruby at the moment, but perhaps not always. So I, I'm definitely interested in the history of, of how you developed cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Originally it was an ELISP. Right. Um, I originally just absolutely hated and despised Emacs because I started from like a Mac GUI, uh, you know, actually I started before that. That's not true. I did. My first experience was Apple IIe and basic, uh, when I was really young. And then, um, then I you know, got a Mac and just loved it, loved it, loved it. Went to college and they're like, here, use Emacs. And I was like, where's, you know, where are the menu items? This is horrible. Uh, and I started using Pico instead, <laughs> which is nice. where I got the inspiration for seeing the keyboard shortcuts on the screen I was just talking about. But then I, I kind of fell in love with, with Emacs and uh, loved what it did and, and the, the, like the just the free form aspects of it. But always hated the default keyboard shortcuts and still kind of do. And, um, I, I use it for all kinds of things. And it seemed like a one big missing piece was a uh, cool file navigation. And I, I always want to be able to have kind of extreme flexibility. Um, and the file navigation that was kind of ideal for me was being able to just control edit anything at any time. So, you know, if I have a directory of say, you know, 20 models, and I only care about uh, two of them, and one starts with a A and one starts with a Z. I don't want to scroll back and forth between the two. I want to delete the ones in between just temporarily, you know, mm. hide them from the view. So I made basically a file browsing, uh, you know, format, which is just you know the most obvious thing you can do, which is like you basically type a path with slashes, and then if you want to uh, make it multi-line, you can uh, you know, indent two spaces. So, you know, like, um, slash project slash, and then a line break space, space, and then mm-hmm. my project basically taking that and making that navigable via keyboard shortcuts. And then later the mouse, um, so yeah, it started out as Elisp. I made that in Elisp. I made the, uh, running shell commands, which is <clears throat> pretty similar. It says you type a dollar sign space and like LS and then it inserts the result indented two spaces underneath, uh, implemented the filtering down and um, uh, tons of keyboard shortcuts and just kept changing things over and over and over and eventually discovered, I, uh, well, I became a Ruby programmer in the meantime and just loved Ruby and DHH kind of just rocked everyone's world with, with rails and, you know, had this just beautiful combination of, of sort of um, uh, flexibility and yet structure where it was needed in rails. And I just totally bought into it, became a rails programmer, loved Ruby because I liked the OO stuff I could do in Java, but loved the, I, I started out with Perl and mm-hmm. loved the flexibility of Perl and Ruby was like a perfect marriage of the two. So I found this, uh, library called EL for R like Elisp for Ruby written by one of the core Ruby guys, this guy named, uh, Ruby Kitch. And, uh, that let you program, inside of Emacs, but using Ruby instead of Elisp. So I ported to that and my 
product, I ported, uh, you know, my big code base to that, uh, named it Zicky around that time. Uh, my productivity shot up about like two X or three X. Um, I do like Lisp, but for this particular, uh, application, Ruby was just a great fit. A lot of text processing, et cetera, processing. Um, yeah, and it's been, it's been Ruby for maybe seven or no more like eight or nine years now, I think. Mm. So I, I know one of the, the major drawbacks that you mentioned for people getting started with it has been the setup slash install process. Uh, is some <laughs> yeah. of that to blame on on you know Ruby as a as a choice? I know uh, re- recently we had on uh, Jeremy Signs uh, who you know has a post where uh, he was distributing command line tools in Ruby and, and switched to Go because of the you know the universal binary that you can just drop in. Mm-hmm. Is, is is Ruby some in the ecosystem some of the reason why the setup process has been not not streamlined yet? Um, I suppose uh, Ruby is probably. I mean, at this point, the Ruby landscape is pretty good because Ruby two point is installed by default on the Mac. Mm-hmm. On Linux, people you just tell them to install something and they say okay. Right on the Mac, if you're like say install a different version of Ruby, it's a big challenge, but. Uh, with Mavericks, Ruby 2.0 is installed by default, and I can just use that. It has Emacs installed by default. I can just use that, you know, nice. behind the scenes. Um, I should I should mention that uh, beginning a couple years ago, I started supporting other languages. So even though Zicky is implemented in Ruby, you can make Zicky commands uh, in uh, Python, JavaScript, CoffeeScript, uh, several different languages. Nice. Talk about these commands. Yeah, um, the the coolest part of, of Zicky is that you can make your own commands. Uh, Zicky is is very wiki inspired, which you know you're probably not surprised because it's it's called Zicky, which is you know right. uh, wiki with an X instead of a W. Um, I, I first I called I, I was calling that uh, expandable wiki is kind of what Zicky was short for. Mm. Um, first I, I I called it executable wiki. Now I'm leaning toward expand expanding wiki actually for X I K I. So it's very, it's very wiki inspired. You can uh, type the name of a command and if it doesn't exist, it'll pop up and say, hey, this command doesn't exist. Do you want to create it using a text file or a Ruby script or a Python script or a directory structure where the directories and files are your menu items or a uh, class where it'll just take the methods in your class and use them as the menu items. And then when you type the name of that command, let's say, uh, like Adam is a a command. We'll, uh, you know, then you'll be able to just type Adam on any blank line and double click and it will run your file. Mm. Um, and basically as time goes on, I can, I've, I've kind of had more and more ideas about, Hey, here's this obvious way of making a command and they kind of get simpler and simpler. And to me, I think for, uh, what Zicky tried to does, it tries to like make, uh, make it so that all the simplest possible ways of making a little command with like a UI of like kind of menu items uh, exists. Uh, so Zicky is like, you know, one use case is better shell console. The other use case is quickest way to make a UI on top of code, like a working UI. So you can just take the command that you've written. It's got its own little UI and you can just pass it to a friend and they can, they can run it. Exactly. Cool. The is, there, is there a distribution mechanism or is it like, you know, email me this text file or, you know, whatever? Yeah, there's there's no uh, central repository yet, aside from um, basically my Git repository. 
<clears throat> the, uh, you know, you know, the homebrew model of mm-hmm. if you have a, a, uh, you know, a new package, you just give it to, to the main guy and he'll check it in for you. I mean, that's what I've got now basically, but down the road, yeah, having something sort of like Ruby gems or uh, NPM is probably going to be a fit at some point. So how many built-in commands are there just off the top of your head? Uh, several hundred, uh, I'd say roughly like 400 or something, um, probably more, but some of them are, are kind of silly and useless, but, uh, over, over a couple hundred pretty, pretty useful ones. The, uh, I should say at kind of at the intro to the, the command, uh, discussion that the hello world for making a command is just make a text file, say named hello.txt and you put uh, world in the file and then you just drag that into a special directory. And then that immediately is a command and that uh, direct by default, that directory is just the commands directory in your home directory or any other directory that you designate as being in your, your is key path. And you said earlier, Ruby, Python, several languages, just put those languages in there and they run. Exactly. Just drop it in and then, and yeah. It so runs. where do you, where do you see the power of something like that coming to play? Like give us some examples of, to expand on, you know, we've got some people listening to the show and they're thinking, okay, well, how can I be practical? Maybe they've already got some ideas, but can you give us some things and some ways that you've used that specific feature set? Yeah, sure. Um, since it's so easy to, to make commands, you know, uh, I've, I've made a ton of them that like normally would, would have taken me like way longer. I've written Eclipse plugins and it's, that's like, you know, a uh, really big, you know, process to, to plan out what your UI is going to look like. Um, in Ziki, you don't even worry about the UI. You just dump out some text and it displays it to the user and then you can like fix it later, make it look more organized later. Um, a good example is just actually last night, my friend Jeremy and I uh, got together and paired to make a Heroku menu. And we did it in like a half an hour. It's just this flat file with kind of like if else, if else. And uh, you type uh, Heroku on the command line um, with Ziki shell, which is XSH. It's the the new kind of easy way of interacting with Ziki. You can just type XSH space dash Heroku. And then it shows you uh, Heroku. And then underneath that, it lists out all your apps and you can move the cursor down and drill into each app. And then it has items for each app of things that you want to do. Kind of like, you know, you would have in a GUI. Uh, so there's a config option underneath your Heroku app. You can expand that. It shows you the <clears throat> config parameters and then you can edit and then uh, save those back by control E the same way you expand and collapse. You can, there's a log item. You can expand the log and um, type to filter down. Um, you can. There's a, a browse option. I actually just posted a video on the the Kickstarter page, and I tweeted it uh, to at Ziki on Twitter. Uh, if you want to check it out, was that an update or something like that? So let's go. Let's get Heroku back. All right, let's get Heroku to back Ziki. Yes, my new that's, strategy. That's a nice way to get their support, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope it works. <laughs> that's that's my plan for getting the fifty uh, percent of the Kickstarter goal met. We'll put that in link in the show notes. Then, days. awesome. <laughs> yeah, a ton of people retweeted that this morning. It was awesome. People saying like, "Hey, Heroku, check this out. Maybe you should back Ziki." Yeah, I, I'm going to reach out to companies, probably a bunch of different ones, and tell them like, "Hey, there's a ten thousand dollar reward that will get your logo on." Um, on ziki.org and xsh.org for a year and the in eternal gratitude yeah. of the thousands of developers that uh, are, are excited about Ziki. Let's pause the show for just a minute and give a shout out to our sponsor, CodeShip. 
CodeShip is a hosted continuous deployment service that just works. You can easily set up continuous integration for your application in just a few steps and automatically deploy all your code when your tests pass. CodeShip has great support for lots of languages, test frameworks, as well as notification services. They easily integrate with GitHub or Bitbucket and can deploy to cloud services like Heroku, AWS, Nojitsu, Google App Engine, or even your own servers. Setup takes only three minutes. Get started today with their free plan and make sure you use the code, the changelog podcast. That's the changelog podcast is the code to get a 20% discount for three months on any plan you choose. Head to codeship.io and tell them the changelog sent you. I noticed in the screenshot, at least of the opening video that you're talking about, it's the Zicky shell command. So XSH. It looks like a space and then a dash Heroku. Yes, yes. Is that what you meant? Is that what you said earlier? Or did I miss that? I think I said that. Okay, because I thought you said because I know you can you can kind of prepend the the Zicky show in front of something like LS and something, and you can get that. So this is a little different. This is like a flag. Yeah, if you pass a, a flag XSH, XSH space dash foo, that's a Zicky command. If you do xsh space foo that's it'll treat that as a shell command okay gotcha gotcha that's why i was trying to connect the dots out then yeah and they're kind of similar you can you can make both of them have um interaction like that's that's a new ziki feature if you type xsh space uh like who am i uh and then enter that'll open up who am i and it'll run it it'll show you the output indented two spaces underneath and if you Double click on the or in a shell console, it would be Control E to expand the output. Uh, then Zicky will pop up and say like, "Hey, it looks like you're trying to interact with the output of this command. Um, there isn't a, a wrapper for it yet. Do you want to create one? And then you can. It'll walk you through, giving you a little template of just making a, a script in any language you want. And then basically, you make that output look at what was uh, expanded and Usually you make it like call, you know, shell out to the command and do something that's relevant. So you can make wrappers for commands. So you can interact with, uh, you know, the outputs of, you can just go in and expand the output of, uh, another good example is like uh, PS. If you want to kill processes, I've got a wrapper built in where you can uh, type XSH space PS, and then you can go move your cursor down to one of the lines of the output and then uh, control E to expand that. And it'll kill the process for you. So interacting with the output of commands, kind of like it's a GUI, you know, like you've got the, you've got stuff on the screen. Sometimes you don't want to like type another command underneath that, you know, has a retyping some of the output. Like it's right there. Why not just move your cursor down and say, hey, do the relevant thing to, uh, to this line of output. That's awesome. I've spent years. I, I probably have this ingrained in my in my fingers now. <laughs> how to type, you know, PSAUX, pipe it into grep for a specific word, and then grab the yep. PID and kill the PID. And it's like a two step process that I've just done so many times. I'm sure there's ways even inside just bash to make that, you know, more simple. But being able to interact like a GUI seems like it would really be beneficial to me <laughs> in that specific circumstance. This might be about the same time the listeners are saying things like, is this real life? My brain just exploded. My <laughs> mind is blown. Holy mother of God. Uh, <laughs> my life just changed forever. These are quotes on your Kickstarter, but these are things that uh, I'm sure people are saying because that's when I saw that, I was like, that's insane you know, to, to be able to do that. 
And like you said, Jared, it's, it's kind of like ingrained in your brain to type certain commands and certain mm-hmm. flags to things and, and grep for stuff when you don't really have to do that. Now it's, it's, you just made the, the lives of so many so much easier. Yeah. Thanks. Well, let's not mention the, uh, hacker news comments that are like, you are an idiot. I hate you. <laughs> that's just I life, right? That's, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to kind of talk about the, you know, what is you know, arguably a marketing campaign that you've had going because you've gotten Ziki on TechCrunch, uh, number one on hacker news, yeah. I think yeah, Linux yeah. journal, it world. Um, these are major outlets and you know, it's a, it's a shell console, right? I mean, I'm not trying to belittle it, but at the end of the day, like TechCrunch doesn't usually cover these things. Um, how did you get so much exposure for a project that you've had put so much time into kind of behind the scenes and now all of a sudden explosion? It's hard to say. I, I think it's probably the videos. I put a ton of time into into the videos and just implementing a bunch of features. Like I think the XSH thing recently kind of pushed me over the top and I was in the middle of the Kickstarter. I had all my friends advising me like, Hey, spend your time, like, you know, sending emails to people and and reaching out to the media. And I was like, no, I'm just going to hunker down. I've got like, you know, uh, 20 days left, but I'm going to spend five days implementing this XSH thing. Cause I think I can make a video and people will just appreciate the, like, you know, seeing that in action. So just doing videos, of showing a lot of cool stuff happening and getting rid of the pauses and uh, getting to the point, making yourself get to the point really quickly. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really cool. Um, the, the, uh, Linux.com article and the, the TechCrunch article were like almost more positive than I would have ever, you know, dared to dream about. Like they, you know, yeah. kind of said like, uh, particularly, uh, Carla Schroeder, who's like just an amazing person. She, she wrote the, um, O'Reilly's uh, Linux cookbook and the Linux networking cookbook. Um, she's like, you know, kind of one of my idols now actually. And, uh, having her say like Ziki is the next big thing in free and open source software and it's revolutionary and she doesn't use the word lightly. That's just blows my mind. And I'm so happy with that. I I did like reach out to a few people, but I guess it kind of snowballed on the downside of it. I've got like, you know, the the big outlets, like you said, uh, TechCrunch in particular, uh, giving me amazing coverage. And I'm still just about at half of my goal. So it's sort of bittersweet. Mm. (laughs) Like, where do I go from here? You know, this is something that Tim Caswell covered, Jared, not not long ago when we talked to him, Mm -hmm. you know, similar. I mean, he, He'd done two rounds of you know fundraising. First one was a Kickstarter. Second one was a Bonnie Source, and uh, you know he, he was building JSKit at the time to t- dovetail into T-Edit, and you know his story was a bit more successful. And I think it was only because Mozilla stepped in and 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 gave like thirty thousand dollars to kind of complete the goal or something like that. But you know we're seeing open source look for funding more often. And in your case, it's a little different. Great, because you've got a startup you're doing. You took a, a pause from that to work on something that's open source and then also kickstart it. So it's it's slightly different, but it's kind of a bummer that mm-hmm. you're not getting, I guess, more funding traction on your Kickstarter. Yeah, just just for the record, my startup is not making any money. So I'm not uh, I'm not asking for uh, like a bonus here. Like if if this passes, I'll so be how do you live then? Time on Ziki if, if, off uh, savings. Okay. Must be a lot, a lot of, of money doing cons- consulting, especially um, if you're in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, well, I've got roommates okay. here, so we keep the keep the rent down. 
Um, but yeah, my new plan is to reach out to companies. I think it's, I think it's actually a really big opportunity. Companies blow, you know, just thousands on like sponsoring conferences. They yeah. don't blow it. It's, it's, you know, it's good. Right. Right. It's a good way to spend it. But they, you know, they, they spend money on, um, recruiting and, and advertising and thousands of thousands. And like Zicky's sort of like gotten all this publicity and it's just sitting out there waiting for someone to kind of like a company to rescue it. And, you know, uh, they would have tons of, of, kind of like really cutting edge tech people that are like really into just the very cutting edge. Those are like the fans of Zicky, you know, they would, they would have those people saying like, wow, thank you. Uh, you know, engine yard or thank you Heroku or Mozilla for, for saving this. Unfortunately, I, I can't have the, uh, donation any bigger on Kickstarter than 10,000. So I, I'm going to need to like get maybe three or four companies to, uh, send, you know, donate 10,000, which I think isn't, isn't much. And right. you know, in return, I will, I will, make such a big deal out of, you know, tweeting and emailing all the Kickstarter backers saying like, Hey, this company saved Zicky, um, you know, on the screencast showing, uh, you, you know, can even com. you could be like, you know, such and such company saves Zicky.com and, and put up like a landing page I will, and I will tweet it. that everywhere. Yeah. Right. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Another thing, I mean, you've got your get up too. We had chat on the show not long ago talking about get up and, uh, yeah, listen to it's that kind one. of a bummer. You got one dollar per week coming to you. Listen, everybody, you got one dollar a week. <laughs> this it guy's been higher. building this open source project for ten years. Okay, <laughs> that's like a cent. Uh, you know, it's it's not even cool. It's, it's, uh, well, that's kind of what I get for having a crappy install. Like if all these people are excited about it, and they try to install it, and like, well, uh, you know, five different errors. Like, so maybe if you, you fix the install process, you get more GitHub. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, it used to be higher. <laughs> it used to be more than a dollar. But I actually uh, actually found out that most of that was coming from my mom. Sad, sad, <laughs> nice. true story. Awesome. <laughs> so in um, on the Kickstarter page, you talk about Zicky's future. I know he kind of covered a bit of it, but can you kind of paint the picture of of like what's the trajectory? Yeah. Where are you going with it? And uh, as best as you can, fill in the gaps for us. Cool. Yeah, the future of Zicky's it's morphing into a language. Um, it's, you know, basically just a kind of wiki-ish freeform way of like making a user interface. So, um, you know, if you take a step back and look at what user interface is, let's say you have like a foo menu in your, you know, your GUI menu bar and you click it and then you see bar. What's the difference between that and seeing a foo icon on your desktop, it pops up and it shows you bar. Uh, typing foo in your shell command and it shows you bar as the, as the outputs. You go to a URL, you know, foo.com and you see bar up here. There's, there's something fundamental there that can be abstracted out. And to me, the simplest way of doing that and like, you know, a lot of other languages like Python and CoffeeScript are using this two-space indenting. Uh, it's just this sort of natural thing. So why not have just a dead simple uh, kind of language slash syntax of representing, you know, a UI where you just type a word in freeform text and then you double click on it or to do a keyboard shortcut and then you see the output. And of course, from there, if that's indented two spaces underneath, you could have multiple lines of output, you know, and uh, you each one of those lines of output themselves can be an option and you can expand those and you indent that two spaces more underneath, so four spaces. And then at that point, basically, you've got like a tree that looks just like any, you know, tree that you see in like a, a left nav of, of you know, a standard application. Um, but if you keep things simple and you keep things boiled down as a text format, 
you can kind of represent just about any user interface as just an indented textual tree. And, um, you know, I think it's it is absolutely insane to me that there isn't a simple format where you can define an interface. It's like, you know, make a little animals, uh, you know, program and underneath it, you've got uh, like mammals and lizards and underneath mammals, you've got uh, whatever dogs and cats. So you want to make that structure and deploy it as a, you know, navigable websites as a shell command, as a mobile app where, you know, you, it's a mobile app called animals and then you double click it and it shows you two options, uh, mammals and lizards or whatever I said. Uh, and then, you know, we've got all these devices coming out, like all these, I've got a pebble. I love it. There are like 10 smartwatches coming out. Um, and they all have their own separate APIs. And, uh, I think the world is just totally ripe for having this dead simple, uh, language where you can just type something out uh, basically the navigation of, of, you know, a program and then deploy that to all these devices. Of course, if you want to make a Pebble app that does something useful or an iPhone app, you'll probably at some point have to call like a native method. But I say make the structure first, make that deploy everywhere so you can navigate around. Um, and then if you have to do something, whatever iPhone specific, then, you know, on top of this universal structure of your navigation, you can, uh, you know, conditionally say like, all right, they clicked on um, phone call. If platform is iPhone, then make phone call. And, you know, if you want to make it look pretty, then you can do all kinds of stuff that, you know, we already have tools like this to like style uh, the output to move things around and not make it just a nested structure. But out of the box with Ziki, you can just type, um, you know, something like uh, animals and indent uh, um, mammals and lizards underneath and then you can uh, navigate that and use it in the shell command. You can go to the Ziki web server that's built into Ziki, and you can see a mobile interface. So it'll show like a you know like a little mobile uh, pill button style the menu items. So uh, mammals and lizards, and then you can click on mammals, and it will move over like you know like uh, slide over like a standard mobile interface. And um, from your text editor as well, if you have a Ziki plugin for your text editor, you can type uh, animals and uh, double click or control enter and it will uh, insert those underneath. Um, and from there, you can do all kinds of things where it's not just this trivial example. You can add headings and paragraphs. Uh, like I said, um, uh, Ziki is very wiki inspired. There are wiki syntaxes for tons of stuff. Like I said, there's a wiki syntax for running a shell command. It's just dollar sign space. And then the wiki syntax for a heading is just a angle bracket space. Um, and then the heading uh, syntax for a bullet point is just like a dash space, you know, with two space indenting. So you can type those things in the commands as well. And then when you display that in a mobile interface, it can show you, it can, it can render the heading as a, as a larger font size and you can make, you know, actually an app that's like read only, uh, that actually has some like useful content. You can make that with just zero code and that could deploy to everywhere. Like a cool example, I think is like, uh, if you go to a conference, they could say like, Hey, got the conference schedule. Uh, in this global format, you can deploy it on your watch. You can deploy it on your, your cell phone, um, on, you know, and basically any device. And then even though it's like static content, it's very useful and you could, uh, navigate around on your, on your, um, pebble to see the, the schedule. And then, you know, of course from there having embedded code is going to pop up as a, you know, as a need very quickly, if you want to do something, you know, <clears throat> more than, than a static uh, app, 
So the way I do that is, is uh, underneath a menu item, you can, uh, there's a wiki syntax for code embedded underneath a menu item, which is this exclamation mark uh, space. And you can have multiple lines of a method and, uh, you know, that can call your, you know, your library that has your code very well structured out in a, a way, you know, you can have your menu item just delegate to that. And I've got a, a bunch of other ways of, of having dynamic code. Like you can have a class that has a kind of a routing string that'll route back and forth between methods, um, and, uh, and different paths and pass arguments in kind of a sophisticated way. But kind of the number one rule in Ziki is like, by default, the absolute simplest way of doing something uh, should work. Like if if you can do something with a class, you should be able to do it with a script as well when you want to. If you can do that, you should just be able to take a text file and uh, make that be, you know, sort of a command or a program. My mind, for my mind is blown. <laughs> I'm just thinking like you got language in there. You've got a shell, you know, a shell augmentation. You know, it's it's meant to be, you know, kind of go in tandem with your shell already. Um, I mean, it, it seems, personally to me, it just seems like it's such a audacious kind of goal to hit. And the things you're talking about, um, I wasn't even expecting to go there. What, what about you, Jared? <laughs> no, not really. I'm wondering now, I mean, 80000 on this Kickstarter, what is that, like a yeah. six-month runway, a uh, year runway, maybe? You're in San Francisco, so... Three weeks? What is that? <laughs> yeah. um, okay. I mean, I can make it stretch out for. Uh, I can make it stretch out for a year, um, but uh, yeah, if it does pass, that's going to be you know like mm-hmm. kind of a milestone where it means people kind of care. And uh, what I'll what I'll spend my time doing. Um, I mentioned uh, early on uh, when I was talking about how much I like Avdi. I mentioned I'm a big pair programming fan, and uh, if it passes, I'm just going to reach out and pair with everyone on Ziki. I've, I've done that. Uh, I've done the, you know, Avdi's, uh, pair with me tag. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've, uh, it's been a while cause I've been like heads down coding by myself, which I kind of actually don't like to do, but I've made myself do it to get like all these features into Ziki. Before that I was reaching out and pairing with tons of people. Like uh, I paired with a lady in uh, London, uh, uh, this really awesome dude I connected with in, um, Argentina. Uh, and then people, you know, half of have been, have been remote and half have been people in San Francisco. I've met at coffee shops and, uh, done like maybe 25 pairing sessions with people. And they've all just been fantastic. Like even people that weren't super techie, like they just had so many ideas of stuff I didn't, didn't think of. And we sat down and like made a command and, you know, a half an hour that just whatever shelled out to, uh, you know, that scraped some website and listed like the world cup, uh, <clears throat> you know, results, um, or, you know, done something more sophisticated. So that's what I want to do with my time. And I think if I have this, you know, year of time to just like reach out and pair with everyone that, that will be, be the beginning of something else. Like, uh, you know, let, it'll get build up a team of people kind of taking it and, and running with it and making their own commands. Right. And, well, one thing we talked about recently with, uh, with Chad Whitaker was talk to your users. Cause when he came on the show, it seemed like he had had this, gap between what he thought GitHub was and what he, and I think what the users were using it for, mm-hmm. um, where your plan with, you know, pairing that's speaking to your users, right? I mean, if you want to see the success of Ziki, you're going to have to, um, get in the trenches and speak with people and talk to people and get feedback in real time and, and manage the community. I, I can't say that your job over the next year is going to be easy. So for those of you out there listening to the show, it's, 
hopefully it's Tuesday um, of next week, which you don't even know what today is, but doesn't matter. You got a few days left to back this thing on Kickstarter. Five to, days left. Yeah, I mean, give or take five days to back this project and show your support for this. If this is something that's uh, you know of use to you, let's see this thing get done. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine that you've got the next year of your life that's going to be fun, but not easy. Yeah, I mean, it, pairing pairing for me makes it easy. Actually, like oh. if I if I can pair with people, like I know I'm not going to slack. Like obviously, right, you can't right. slack off. You don't even want to slack right. off if you're pairing with someone. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. I think I actually just got done with the painful part the last like six months of making myself sit by myself. Now I'm like looking forward to kind of getting out there and, and having fun again, actually. But yeah, if, if, if anyone thinks it's cool, um, check out the video, go to xsh.org and <clears throat> you can see kind of like a better way of running shell commands for many use cases, not all uh, right there in the top. And especially people that work for cool companies, um, that that, you know, back open source projects and sponsor conferences. I think Zicky is like a really kind of actually kind of cheap way of uh, getting a lot of publicity. Uh, I think if I can get a few companies to, to back it, can do some amazing things. And um, yeah, looking forward to just reaching out and pairing with people again and having a, having a great time doing Jared, this stuff, getting be, people's ideas. You have to be one of his first pairs, Jared. Yeah, totally. I, I'm ready. You guys, should both, you guys should both pair with me. I promise it'll be fun. Everyone's had a great time doing it. Sign me up. Sign you up. <laughs> How do you get on the list? Wicked. Wicked. Uh, well, with you guys, I'm, you're on the list now. <laughs> uh, anyone else, just tweet me uh, at, uh, you know, Ziki, X-I-K-I on Twitter. And just say, like, hey, I want a pair and we'll, we'll pick a time and do it. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking for, like, commitment. We, you know, usually we'll just pick, like, an hour. And if it goes well, you know, if we both like it, go for two hours. And then no commitment after that. I'm not looking for people that are, like trying to rope into contributing to the project on an ongoing basis. And just like, I, I honestly think just reaching out and pairing with people. Um, I mean, this is like Avdi's idea and other people's I'm, I'm late to the game in it, but I think, you know, just connecting to like, you're, you're a dev, maybe you're a junior dev, maybe you've been out there for a while. You're like sitting around you're like, okay, time for my next project or time to have some like fun and learn some new stuff. What better way than just to go tweet pair with me or just reach out and spend an hour with someone who, who like knows a project and just have this amazing high energy pairing session where you're just learning stuff and firing out, firing off questions. Um, like to me, that's such, such a win-win for, for most people. There's some people that just do really well coding by themselves. Uh, and those people are, are super valuable. Um, and, uh, uh, but you know, probably about half the population is, is very motivated by kind of being social. And for those people, um, I think this is going to be one of the biggest ways that people just find new projects, find new jobs, um, you know, uh, find team members. They're just going to be like, hey, work with me on this. And they'll work with, you know, three people in, in four or five hours. And then the people that hit it off, they'll they'll work a little more and they'll be like, hey, we had a great time working on you know this little open source thing I was working on. Why don't you consult with me on my project? And then why don't you, you know, work for my company or why don't I work for your company? Like I, I, I um. I think the future of software dev is going to be just so open and, and embraceive and like uh, um, so social that uh, I just yeah, get excited when I think about it. <laughs> Let's pause the show for just a minute and give a shout out to our sponsor, TopTile. Now, we've been working with TopTile for about a year now, almost a year now. And we thought it would make sense to circle back and talk to some of our listeners who have applied to TopTile 
and have been accepted because only about two to three percent of the engineers who apply make it past their strict elite engineering process. And Daniel Lauzon, a longtime listener and fan of the changelog, um, is now living the dream. He's an elite engineer at TopTal. And I say living the dream because he's now able to have 100% control of the types of projects and technologies he's working on, as well as the rate he wants to charge. Daniel earns 100% of his income as a TopTal engineer, and he wanted me to pass on his seal of approval of the TopTal experience. For those of you out there who are freelancing or would like to test out freelancing, you've got to check out TopTal. If you think you have what it takes, head to toptal.com slash developers. That's T-O-P-T-A-L dot com slash developers to get started. Tell them the changelog sent you. Speaking of speaking and even being social, um, do you have any upcoming, since you've done the, 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 the conference track of talking about RubyConf, Strange Loop, and others, do you have any upcoming conferences you'll be at to speak about Zicky in addition to like your next year of coding and pairing? Mm, I've kind of laid off on the conferences because they take a lot of time. Yeah. I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did those conferences because like all the time I spent on the on the presentations helped me with my like uh, way of explaining Zicky to people, and I, I use a lot of those thoughts uh, in my Kickstarter stuff. Um, I'm going to be on Ruby Rogues. Uh, excited about that. Nice, nice. Uh, no, I think a couple of weeks here. Uh, and, but if the Kickstarter passes, yeah, I'll probably try to do the conference thing again and just really reach out there and start spreading the word. I'll get XSH out there like soon um, because it's you know, all of a sudden like really kind of kind of uh, practical now. And I'll get a one line installer so you can uh, you know hopefully like uh, apt get install XSH and then right away you can type you know. XSH space dash HTML. And then you can just type some HTML, uh, you know, modify the sample it gives you and then um, control enter and then bam, it shows in the browser. And then you can type uh, XSH space dash CSS uh, to try out some CSS. You can do bootstrap um, and then just in a couple keystrokes, you know, have a bootstrap layout that you can just uh, type. I've got like a wiki syntax and you can drill into some examples. You can get a working bootstrap layout. Node Rails, you'll be able to type XSH space dash node and then just uh, expand out controller and then modify the controller and bam, you've got like, a, you know, you're trying out things in node controller. Um, yeah, uh, I think that'll, that'll uh, the XSH stuff, I think will demo particularly well at conferences. Uh, so I'll definitely want to do some of those again. Like I've gotten really good feedback uh, at conferences, but people have, have said like, hey, Seems really cool. I don't know how it would fit into my workflow. Like, I'm not going to switch to a new text editor. Um, in my text editor now, I've, I kind of like it how it is. Um, so people haven't. Uh, my cat doesn't like it. Um, the cat's a, a Vim user and won't talk to me. Um, but uh, yeah, now that now that I've got XSH out there, that answer to that objection is easy. It's like, oh, here's how you incorporate it. Next time, instead of doing a, you know. Uh, PS and then uh, kill, you just do a XSH space PS. Or next time you're doing a git and you forget a command, you just do a XSH space git. And then you can um, you, know, you can drill into the output. You can also see code. This is a couple of kind of cool features. These are a couple of kind of cool features I haven't mentioned yet. Um, slow down. I'm starting to, to uh, stutter, <laughs> getting too excited. There are a couple of cool features with shell commands. Uh, where you can look at the history of a command and narrow down and rerun it. You can also mark, you know, commands with particular options as favorites. 
And then you can um, type XSH space dash F git, for example, and it will show you your favorites. And then you can pick one and run it again. Nice. Um, and you can uh, also there's documentation kind of that comes along with it where you'll see like the examples for common ways of using the git command. Like, uh, you know, you'll, you can drill into examples. I think XSH space uh, dash E uh, space git that'll show the examples is probably how it'll it'll end up being and then you can drill into like undo just move your cursor down and expand undo and it'll say like you know undoing the changes to one file and it'll show you that it's that you know that's the get checkout command and you can just actually run it right from there and then you know undoing your repository get reset and then undoing it and wiping all your changes get, get reset dash dash head so now you can actually kind of uh drill in to those examples and then run them uh, right from where you're you're looking at the the documentation. That sounds really powerful for beginners who are trying to you know learn a specific tool. Also for you know even power users who you know I've been using the git command for years, but there's you know there's things in there that I have never come across. And you can kind of this it, it uh, amps up the discoverability. Yeah. When you're navigating a tree structure, than if you're trying to you know Google around for how do I do this in git. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, to all, all you command line people that, that say the command line works great. I totally agree. I love the command. I'm not, I'm not looking to replace man, et cetera. Uh, like basically I'm building on top and adding <clears throat> a few new features that work in some use cases. Uh, I'm not saying they're better across the board, but, but sometimes, you know, having, having more options is, is kind of, kind of awesome. I'm really looking forward to, um, getting people to contribute to these. Like, uh, you know, I've added a, a few, of my favorite Git examples on my own, but once I get this out there and get people using it and adding their own, uh, you know, the menu items underneath the Git examples, I think it's going to turn into something really awesome. I think one feature too that you may not have really touched on that I think is kind of like a little hidden gem is like you can even browse databases. You got support from MySQL, yeah, yeah. RethinkDB because you're a fan of it, CouchDB, and and all the other you know awesome DBs out there, but. Being able to even you know dive into a database and browse around like that—that's even kind of neat as well. And I'm I'm assuming just because of what you've said already that you can even run commands and interact with the output and save back yes. to the database. Yeah, that'll now be uh, XS, XSH dash tables that will list out your database tables, and you can type to narrow down or move your cursor down and expand a table, and it will show you the records. And then you can type to filter those down, and then you can just edit in line. Um, and then control E to save that back to the database. Yeah. So that's uh, something that in my, uh, presentations, I always get a, a, a good gasp yeah. from the audience at that point. I was going to say, I was like, that's, <laughs> that's where I fell over. I almost fell out of my seat when I read that part of the, the Dom editing. Also people really like when I show, uh, expanding out the Dom and then updating the Dom and having it reflect in the browser right away. Yeah. That's, that's intense right there. Jared, is anything else you want to cover before we go into our traditional super awesome questions? No, just to say, you know, for anybody out there who wants to see this in action, it looks like zicky.org slash screencasts has a bunch of stuff yes, up there. Of course, the Kickstarter song. page also has That's, uh, a handful of things. Yeah, the slash screencast is a little out of date. I need to update oh, that. Uh, yeah, uh, org has a uh, really cool, it's the newest uh, okay. screencast at the top. And then the, uh, that has a link to the Kickstarter, which has the newest videos. Cool. Well, even so, I mean, you know, even if they're a little data, you can go there and get excited about where it's been and, and you can only imagine where it's going. So yeah, yeah, don't, don't feel like you can't go and watch them because Jared, you were probably impressed, right? Yeah. I was watching uh Ken, your shell console do this, which 
uh, that first one about three minute video where you kind of build like, what if it could do this? What if it could do this? And then yes, I like that one as well. Yeah. It can. And that was very, uh, were nice. you guys like, were you guys super annoyed by my repeating the, what if you could? No, not exactly. I mean, I got so hammered for that. <laughs> I didn't think so. I mean, I felt like you were trying to make a point when you make a point, you repeat yourself. I've deleted like 10 YouTube comments that were just, what if you could, what if you could, what if you could, what if you could, <laughs> what if you could not place a comment here and go away? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I, I deserve it. I mean, I, I, I hammer other people's projects too. Uh, so it's, haters. What, what happens when you throw yourself? Out? So yeah. 80 grand, you're looking for 80 grand on this Kickstarter. Um, yes. Could be as much as five days left when you're listening to this. You're about halfway right now at the date of recording. Um, and today's date is Friday, July 11th. Uh, just so everybody's aware, the show should be out um, July 15th. So if you're listening to it July 15th or after, you've literally got days, possibly even seconds, to go and back this thing. So uh, you can you want to do a quick rundown maybe of a couple of your favorite, not all of them, but a couple of your favorite um, rewards. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Yeah, rewards in Kickstarter. Like some of your favorites, maybe just kind of, uh, glaze over some of the cool ones that uh, that stand out. Yeah, yeah. Um, for thirty five bucks, you can get a Ziki T shirt. It's a American Apparel fifty fifty, really nice T shirt. Um, I did a went back and forth with the design uh, like five times to get it right. Uh, it's a really nice digital print with a gradient on it. Um, and then you can do I think for what do I have it for uh, three hundred I think um, you can do a pairing session with me. Um, let me bring up the page so I can tell you the actual number. I've got a couple different ones with pairing session. That's one of my favorites because I love to pair people, pair with people. Um, you can pair with me on a menu for your project. Um, and I'll uh, include it in the Ziki distribution. Um, I think that's the, uh, currently the, uh, uh, early, early bird ones are sold on that. I think so now it's, um, 300, um, which I think I think is a good way to fund an open source project if you're transparent about including people's stuff and it doesn't get in your way and users can override it. Uh, that's kind of one of my plans. Like uh, after the Kickstarter, I'll say for a, for a company that's got like a you know commercial project and they want their command included uh, just for you know cool. for a few hundred, I'll just stick it there to by default. Yeah. It won't get in anyone's way if they don't want to use it. It's not going to pop up at them uh, and say like, hey, this this needs to be used. It'll be, just be if they type that. You know, if you type Heroku or whatever, it'll be there for you to use. And the commands are so they're so tiny. There's a f- uh, few few k of, or a few not even a k a lot of times of text that they don't bloat anything. Um, there's a reward there where you can pair with me, and I'll make a video of the um, of the you know little command that we make for your tool, your project, and then I'll publicize that. Uh, my absolute favorite one is the ten thousand uh, dollar category. <laughs> which, which, <laughs> why is that because it's ten thousand dollars <laughs> and right now there are zero okay so right now there's zero we want at least one maybe two maybe five five would five would make this a kickstarter pass so that would be amazing oh, there you go i think i think with three we could still get it to pass so with that i'll put your logo on um xsh.org and ziki.org we can make it kind of big if you want because like it's totally worth that and I'll spread the word everywhere that your company rescued Ziki and um, I'll tweet. I'll send uh, emails to my, what is it, 1,300 backers. I've got a couple thousand Twitter followers. I'll, I'll tweet it a lot. Um, 
because honestly, it's like it's in my interest to spread that out right now as much as I can because that will encourage other companies like to back it. He'll as tweet well. it a lot. I'll tweet it a lot. Tweet it a lot. I, I got a question sing. for you. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer by any means, but <laughs> I, I'm thinking maybe the audience might be thinking, what will Craig do if it doesn't if it doesn't succeed? If it doesn't if this Kickstarter fails and doesn't fully fund? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Debbie Downer. <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I'll, I'll just kind of regroup at that point. I'm, I'm going to keep working on it regardless. You have a plan B then? I, I kind of thought about maybe doing a smaller campaign for just XSH, but God, the thought of like redoing all this again and trying to be like a cheerleader again and, and saying like, Hey everyone, remember me? Well, now I'm like, you've got this big thing again. I'm harassing you about <laughs> like, I'll probably take a break if I do it. Maybe a smaller one for just XSH. But uh, I'll keep working on it for myself regardless because I've used it for myself. I can't stop working on it. Like I've got all these these things that I, I see as like obvious next steps, like using uh, the tree structure as actually a data structure. It's sort of like a combination of a hash and an, an array um, and like all kinds of stuff that I and, and make. I want to make a little generator where you can just t- take these two space indenting structures and generate a um Pebble app. And that's like, that's easy to do, I think. And like generate the code for Pebble app, generate the code for iPhone. So I'll I'll keep doing it for myself. I just won't jump in and do Sublime support and Vim support right away. Cause I'll have to probably actually get back to another project to, to make money other, other ways basically. So Um, this is literally saving Zicky. For the, yeah, for the, for the time. For the time. I mean, it'll it'll still live on, but the trajectory, the feature set, the direction, the future that you painted out during this show, all of that, just in case no one's listening, all of that is not exactly riding on this, but it's certainly going to lift it up. It will give Zicky a very strong chance of, of playing a big role in the uh, immediate future of, of tech mm. and bringing this, you know, what I think is just something that the world absolutely needs, a dead simple structure for, you know, defining a uh, working UI and, you know, we can spread that to the world. It's, it's open. You can incorporate that into your projects. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's very open. Like, I, I feel like if we want something like super, super open, that's going to like take all these devices that are out there now that have these user interfaces and make an, you know, an open language and structure. I feel like we as developers have to do it ourselves. Like companies are, have vested interests in making their own proprietary languages. Like if we want another like HTML, which is revolutionized the web. And like before that, it was like AOL that controlled every, you know, the uh, America online, uh, which was great. And, you know, they, they couldn't like make a standard themselves. They just had to make something that worked for them. But, you know, it was, it was so far from being open and the web, the, the you know, HTML basically just made everything possible. Like mobile wouldn't be mobile without, without HTML. Um, you know, it just revolutionized everything and made everyone, you know, able to be a web developer and just made everything spread we, we need HTML for like a general purpose UI. Like we need that. And it's got to be like as simple as possible. And like trends right now are moving that direction anyway. If you look at like new languages like CoffeeScript, they're, they're like moving the direction of just like, you know, you do like a, here's my class. And then underneath that, I've got like, you know, A colon and underneath that, I've got B colon. So it's, it's happening now. You know, like, it, like the world is moving that direction. Let's make it, you know, let's make it open and, and as flexible as possible and take control of it ourselves, you know. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's let's uh, what's the call to arms? I guess besides back it, which we've we, which pretty much punched that in the face. Um, 
what is the call to arms for the community? How, how can people step in? How can people help out? Besides, I guess, or I guess you can say backing if you want, but that's, that's, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah. How, uh, how about reach out to companies and get them to back it? Like I actually had a, I, late last night, I, I tweeted this uh, Twilio thing saying, Hey, uh, everyone help me, um, get Twilio to, to back this. I, like after this, I'm going to make another, uh, video for, uh, probably Mozilla and a couple other companies. Um, and the first ones that do it are going to get going to get like the most most press. Sort of. yeah. So if you work for a cool company that donates to open source and and uh, sponsors, you know, uh, cool conferences, like seriously, walk to the office and say like, hey, check this out. You will get a bunch of press if you if you support it. Okay. Um, yeah, everybody, uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your boss, tell your leaders to support this if they can. Um, you are you are my best friend right now, <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> let's talk about programming hero. Like uh, we've talked a bit about your history a bit, but so do you have any programming heroes you want to plug here on the show today? Yeah, uh, Ward Cunningham is my my programming hero. Only one. Uh, well, I would say DHH also with with Rails, but but Ward Ward Cunningham is definitely uh, at the top. Like, I, uh, he's he's the guy that wrote the original wiki. Um, I remember working for a, a bank on a pretty cool team, but you know, if you work for a bank, it's, it's about money. It's not about programming. It's about not crashing the, the prod server and losing a million dollars, you know, in a half an hour. So I was kind of like disgruntled by all the structure that everyone had to go through. And, uh, this guy joined our team and he installed a wiki. And I remember looking at this, you know, seeing a wiki for the first time and thinking like, holy crap, that's, you know, you can do that. Like this breaks every rule <clears throat> that I've learned in school and with like structure, like, you know, uh, you just make, you know, I think, I think every programmer should make a wiki, like new programmers, this is an exercise. You just like make one database table with a column of like name and then a column of contents. And then you give people this big text area where you can just type in any text. And then you like search and replace these little like syntaxes, like equals into, you know, headings, HTML headings. And with this, like, you know, two fields and, um, searching and replacing. And then of course you make links too. you make a structure for links. You've got this incredible, uh, you know, versatile system that you know, turned into Wikipedia basically and, you know, defeated, uh, and Carta and all these like highly structured, uh, GUI, GUI tools. So that just, that just was like a, uh, awakening for me. Like I kind of, I, I, I felt like before that point, I almost had the idea of doing something kind of like, like a wiki, but never even dared to think about it or, or suggest it. Cause I knew I'd be laughed at like, Oh, here's, here's this guy's, uh, design for the system. He's going to have a big text field and dump everything else into it and search and replace. Like, you know, let's, uh, let's not hire this guy. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Ward Cunningham is, is a hero because he does stuff like that. And he also has like these huge, like, oh, oh, design pattern chops. Like the first wiki was for augmenting the Portland, uh, pattern repository, which, which is like a bunch of strongly typed, oh, oh, design patterns, patterns. So he's this guy that can use this, you know, high abstraction and complexity where it's, uh, where it fits and does a good job and where he sees an opportunity just to like do this really flexible thing. Uh, he'll just do it. Um, and, uh, I, I've, I've sort of, uh, tried to adopt yeah, that. It seems like uh, he's like the, on the patterns and extreme paragraph, uh, sorry, 
patterns and extreme pair programming or uh, extreme programming. Yeah, I want to yeah. put pair programming in there because you said it a couple of times. Damn. Well, he actually he was like one of the Is guys. Right? He and uh, he like was one of the guys that invented pair programming, uh, which I also like am obsessed with. So right, yeah. right. That's that's um. We'll, we'll link him in the show notes as well. Ward, thank you for your cool. awesome service to the software development community. That's yeah. Check out the uh, check out. Uh, his uh, his projects. He's working on some really really awesome stuff. I've actually had the the opportunity to uh, Skype with him for quite a while, and he's helped, he's brainstormed with me on Ziki. Um, smallest federated wiki is what he's kind of designing. It's his project. It's sort of the next version of a wiki where it's, it's federated out, and you can have your own and share. It's it's kind of mind blowing. Uh, check it out. Wow. Well, um, Craig, I want to say thanks, man, for coming on the show today. It's certainly been great to kind of get to know you and what you're doing with Zicky and the future of it. Um, you know, all I can say is, you know, we hope that when people listen to this, they get excited about it and they go and, and back your Kickstarter and they help save Zicky from uh, a different future. Um, and and thanks for coming on the show. Let's let's uh, everyone say goodbye. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I had a great time.